0: Ann LeVette's love for the Savannah-Chatham County public school system dates back decades, back to when she was a student in the schools. She began her sixth academic year as the district superintendent earlier this month, and more recently agreed to a new contract that extends her tenure through 2024. LeVette talks about the schools in the new school year on this edition of the Commute Podcast. Savannah from all of us here at savannahnow.com. Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, and this is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I am your host, Adam Van Brimmer, opinion columnist and a deputy editor of Savannah Morning News. On this episode of the Commute, I talk with Savannah Public School Superintendent Anne LeVette. But first, a word about our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. National Office Systems has been Savannah's trusted source since the 1980s. They offer more than 200 product lines including a new collaboration from two of the office furniture industry's leaders, Herman Miller and Knoll, also known as Miller Knoll. If your office space needs a refresh, National Office Systems can help. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's N-A-T-O-F-F-S-Y-S dot Now, here's the interview with AmelVet. AmelVet. It is August, mid-August, and that means school is back in session. And as we try to do every year around this time of year, we're bringing in the superintendent of Savannah Schools and LeVette to talk about the new school year and some other related topics. And Dr. LeVette, I want to get to all that, but let's just go ahead and and address the the 60,000-pound gorilla in the room that everybody's been talking about for a week, and that's that you got a contract extension. And I think a lot of people... Maybe thought it was you were headed for retirement, but you threw us all a little bit of a curveball. Can you kind of talk about why you want to do at least two more years?
1: Well, you know, thank you um, for inviting me to share with you today. And I think we have lots of work to do. We've done, you know, we have come out of the pandemic or at least we think we're out of it, Mm -hmm. or at least we've learned to live with it and we've learned some lessons and we want to um, accelerate some things. We also want to get back on track um, with our strategic planning and our strategic initiatives. And while we've been doing some of that during the life of the pandemic, life of the pandemic, everything slowed down. So we're accelerating some of that work as well. So I think there's still more work to do. And, um, It's always interesting to me how people start to try to predict what's going to happen. I love that, Um, but I also delight in people's interest. What what I'd much rather them do is invest their time and energy into um, offering us support and trying to meet our goals. But nonetheless, we'll take it. But yeah, lots of work to do, soliciting support to get that work done.
0: You mentioned the pandemic and obviously it's a very, very stressful, couple of years you said things slowed down certainly even as we have now come out of it and and is back to normal as we're going to be there's still some catching up to do so how do you kind of balance okay we still got a lot of remediation to do but we also want to get as you said strategically back on track how do you balance that
1: well i think we um look at what we're trying to accomplish and really evaluate whether we have slowed down a lot in some of the areas. I think um, it's really easy to say, oh, well, maybe two years ago, I thought I wanted to be at maybe line 80 on the, um, you know, on the football yard line. Maybe I, that's where I wanted to be. And with everything slowing down, maybe I got to 70. Right. Well, oh, it feels like it might be 60, but it really might be 70, and it could be 75. So doing a good examination of exactly where we are and how close to our initial goal, maybe what it is that is with happened within that time that actually did allow us to accelerate. accelerate. Um, and then what are the things that might be getting in our way? Um, so I think it really does call for a real examination of where we are. And it could be that some of our goals um, over that time actually changed. And I'll, I'll give one example. Um, we had been working for years to get to one-to-one with our technology. technology, right. And we had a plan for getting there within five years. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Pandemic allowed us to get there in a matter of months.
0: Yeah, three or four months, right?
1: Yes, three or four months based on Um, having the funds available and also getting the board action done and then having really good relationships with vendors who are serving people all across the United States. So having those things in order allowed us to meet that goal almost four years earlier than we would have initially planned. So what are our next steps? So that goal has now been mastered and met. What new goal has emerged, and so we're looking at that in each of the areas and finding some nice surprises or some realizations, and then finding that there's some new goals that that need to be established. Right.
0: I know one constant goal that's—I'm sure it was a goal the day you you came back, returned to your hometown, and went to work as a as a top deputy to Thomas Lockamy, I mean, and that's. Uh, reading on grade level, uh, especially in the early grades. I know if you have a legacy right now, which I don't think we really start talking about legacies until you, until you have retired or or moved on. Uh, it is in early childhood education getting it going at for me. Now you have the the little Acorns Academy. Um, I know there's more coming. What in terms of that, those early education in the in the reading. What's it going to take to really start to make some strides there? Or is it just a matter of just getting in there and just grinding on it and, and working on it every day and eventually seeing some results?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, what what um, our data is showing us is that we are making a difference when we get, a, get our um, youngest scholars into our buildings earlier than um, typical. Georgia law requires the students enroll at age six in grade one. Mm. And what we recognize is when they, those young scholars are with us at preschool and kindergarten, mm. they fare much better in grade one, and they also are much more likely to be reading on grade level at grade three. So, of course, in my view, the more young people that we can get into schools and into a schooling setting so that they can be ready for learning, then we'll have a much stronger results. And we have the data to prove that. What we are finding challenging is not having enough space or dollars um, so that we can accommodate those young people, especially those who are coming from environments that really we know may not um, be as facilitative in those young people learning the skills that they need to uh, to be ready for school. So our students who are from our most challenged neighborhoods are not always engaging in those early learning experiences. We're also not always having the space available for them to do that. So we are working really hard to increase those opportunities because what we know is then when they are ready, when they get to third grade, they will much be much more likely to meet that third grade reading goal that we have established.
0: Let's go ahead and give some shout outs to some of those that are partnering in that. Of course, the state of Georgia through the lottery does the pre-K program. So that's for the four-year-olds. I know the Little Acorns Academy, which has started with just one class, right? Like about 22 kids is through a Georgia Power grant. Have I got that right?
1: Yes, you are yeah. correct. Right, And we will be petitioning the state of Georgia again this year for additional pre-K um, allocations. We Think it's really important. We have more than seven or 800 young people who have applied and would mm. like to have uh, pre-K experiences. All of our pre-K classes are full. Mm. We have more than 62 of them, but we need even more. So we'll be making that pitch to the state of Georgia for additional uh, pre-K allocations. Mm. Frankly, we should not be in a position to have to al- ask for those allocations they should be available to us. And we will continue to petition our state legislature to get uh, to give us more dollars for pre-K um, so that we're not dependent upon a lottery. We also want to work with um, the state department in terms of working with our area daycare uh, providers so that they also have high quality daycare available for families in the area. And then, of course, we are so, so grateful to uh, Georgia Power for its Education Through Equity or e- Equity Through Education Grant, mm-hmm. which we earned uh, this year. That is the source of our funding for the Little Acorns Academy. And we are, uh, of course, petitioning them for additional funding so that we may either open more or extend the life of this particular academy. We'd like to see them all over the county Mm -hmm. that means that we'll need to work with some other partners or georgia power can just give us more dollars or why not so that we can (laughs) establish more of them
0: right you mentioned the preschool and i'd be remiss not to talk about the fact that CETA has a program going with with the preschools around the area to to give them some micro grants to bring up the quality to become what they call quality rated uh, for those third-party outside preschools that, of course, will feed eventually into pre-K and, and kindergarten in the public schools, let's switch to the other end of the spectrum and talk about the high schools. Uh, obviously, we have we've seen a lot of choice programs come online the last 10, 15 years. Um, we are in an era now where, uh, certainly, when I was when I was high school age, it was you know you you had to go to college, right? That was the goal. Get to college. Get to college. We're not really in that era anymore with certainly the trades and, and everything else. And of course, with Hyundai coming online and getting ready to employ a bunch of people and unemployment rate here at somewhere around 3%. I think if you're a middle schooler or a high schooler in the Savannah schools right now, you've got to feel, if you're even thinking about it, you got to feel pretty good about, I don't need a college degree to make a good living here at home. Can you talk about what the public schools are doing to, to help facilitate that and, and get these kids ready for, for work when they come out of school?
1: Well, uh, thank you for the opportunity to talk again and more about what we're doing to help students get prepared for life. And that's really what we see it as. I mean, I have five college degrees and I still have to work. Uh, So, you know, our mantra is that when young people graduate from our schools, they are prepared to do one or any combination of four things. We want them to be, number one, ready to. Um, enroll in post-secondary education. Most of the time, they will be extending that opportunity that they were given in high school. So we have lots of students who are dual enrolled and they start taking high school courses in middle school and then they take college courses in high school. So several of them, more than a few of them, graduate from high school with college uh, credits under their belt, some to the point that they enter college after high school at the sophomore level. And we want them to be able to continue that that education. The second thing is that we want them to, if they choose to do so, be fully prepared to enlist in the military services. It is important that they understand um, that we value them enrolling or enlisting in the armed services to protect our freedoms and the freedoms that they enjoy and defend our country. We want them to be prepared for that, which, of course, is also full-time employment. And there are also opportunities for them to continue their studies um, as well while they're in the military. We also want them to be prepared fully for full-time employment if that's what they'd like to do. We want them to be able to have their certifications and also um, to be fully ready for the workforce. And we do that, of course, through internships and apprenticeships and just making sure that they have the essential skills that are necessary for full-time successful employment. And then finally, we also are working with young people so that they are prepared for entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Savannah, as you know, is a wonderful place for uh, small businesses, but also I remind students and staff daily that America is built on small businesses, that we love having the big box stores. I like the Targets and the Walmarts and all the other stores, but we also understand the power of small business. So I would like for students when they graduate to be prepared for continuing their post-secondary enrollment. Um, We also want to make sure that they're ready to enlist in armed services. We want them to be ready for full-time employment if that's what they want. We want them to be also be ready to be an entrepreneur. They can do one or they can do all, but that is our intention. And we do that through very strong academic programming in the career and technical fields. Um, those, of course, begin full force in middle school, but we also have invested a lot in making sure that our elementary students are exposed to those careers as well. And so they have fully enrolled when they get to middle school, but they fully advance when they get to high school. And we have most recently added, um, as you well know, the Drone Aviation Program, which is at Windsor uh, Windsor Forest High School. Those young people help us with our drone uh, footage all over the district. We -hmm. also have that program as well at Jenkins, but our other new program that we have um, is in avionics Mm -hmm. and aircraft maintenance an aviation period and that's at Grove's High School we're continuing this year with our I'm looking at examining our offerings in anticipation of the new Hyundai plant that will be moving into our area so we'll be looking at those fields as well advanced manufacturing and all of those opportunities for our students to be well prepared when they graduate from high school
0: we have more in our conversation with Anne LeVette, but let's pause right here to talk about something related to our schools, high school football. If you are into the prep pigskin scene, you really need to be on the email list for our weekly high school sports newsletter known as Prep Central. Sports writer Dennis Knight covers football, volleyball, softball, cross country, all the prep sports. To get your fix, go to savannahnow.com newsletters and sign up. The newsletter will show up in your email inbox every week you don't have to subscribe to the Savannah Morning News or SavannahNow.com to get the newsletters. So there are no excuses. Sign up now. Now, back to Ann LeVette. Are you starting to hear some some chatter around that? Because I look not only at Hyundai and advanced manufacturing and some of the things they got out there, but obviously we're going to have some people that work in warehousing and, and service industry here now that are probably going to slide up. Just going to give opportunities at those other industries. And I know forklift driving is a big thing in warehousing and there's a program at that span attack. And I think there might even be something along those lines at Woodville. And then of course the hospitality programs that you have around the district. Are you starting to get a sense of, we got a little bit of a reckoning coming and we're going to be ready.
1: We are going, we are already ready. In fact, yeah. If you want to see a 16-year-old forklift driver, all you have to do is go over to Groves High School. Um, We have our own warehouse over there, and the young people, of course, are working in logistics um, every day. So that's wonderful. Even in their temporary location, they still have the opportunities to practice their, uh, their driving skills, their cataloging skills, their inventory skills. They're using um, on-the-body technology. So those programs are already there, and they've been there for a while, and the young people are engaging in those and getting out and getting jobs. We have um, some exceptional uh, welding programs, exceptional engineering programs, and as you mentioned, our culinary arts programs, which are now in two locations, Woodville and Savannah High. Engineering also at Woodville, Savannah High and Jenkins. So those programs are are proliferating across the district. Why? Because what we want to ensure is that young people have a choice. Our construction program at Woodville, I'm, I'm sorry, construction program, which is at Windsor Forest High School, our animal vet program um, and research program, which is at Islands High School, horticulture at Islands High School. So each of our schools offers something very specific, but also a career that will offer um, high demand and high wage jobs. We cannot forget the new clinic that we opened at Beach High School in partnership with St. Joseph's Candler. And then, of course, our healthcare program, which is there and also at Woodville. And then, of course, we are we have a strong automotive program, which is at Woodville as well. So you name it, we have it. There are 17 designated career pathways in the state of Georgia, and we have all 17 represented in uh, Savannah-Chatham County Public Schools, including gaming, cyber uh, cyber security, law enforcement. And we're opening up a new program in um, EMT, emergency mm-hmm. medical mm-hmm. training, uh, this year as well.
0: How much does the having them already established make it easier to scale them up? I assume it's easier to scale up than to stand up.
1: It is easier to scale up, and that's what we're doing um, with all those programs, there's certainly that's helped by increased interest by our students. So we've done a, a, a much better job of intensely marketing to students so that they have, they know what the choices are. They know what's available. The greater the demand, the greater the opportunity for us to expand the programs. One catch to that is making sure that we can convince those career professionals to come over to our side to teach young people. Um, very often, they can make a whole lot more by working in the industry, but we have a number of industry professionals who are working with us as teachers, and we're being much more creative about their schedules and how we work with them so they can work with us, but also maybe able to work in the industry too. So um, we are working in a way that says, hey, the demand is here, the program is here, let's expand the programs. much easier to expand them than to get them started.
0: I have, to, I have to ask you the, the difficult question last, and that's, of course, we have a, a turnover coming in terms of uh, school board leadership. You're going to have one new board rep. You're going to have a new president. Uh, the president is somebody who whose philosophies, at least on the surface, do not necessarily match up with, with what we've seen in recent years. When you look ahead to, to next year, uh, how does that dynamic work? Um, is, is, I assume there's going to be a little bit of a feeling out period. But just how do you see that... That, that going?
1: Well, you know, I think um, the one way to ensure that we're able to continue to uh, conduct the business of the board and the uh, Savannah Chatham County Public Schools is to put all the cards on the table to be very clear about what the roles and responsibilities are. And I think the more we know about each other, the better it is. Now, um, actually, since I've started, this will be the third school oh, board president. That's right. And I think one of the things that I do well is I stay focused on the work. Mm -hmm. And I think having adult conversations about expectations and what you may not know um, is always helpful in terms of making sure that the business of the school district does not get lost to personal differences. And I also believe that if there are enough conversations, we can find the common ground I actually believe with both new members that there's much more in common than there may be uh, different that um, a lot of times people believe information that they may, they may not necessarily be true. So I think we keep children as a focus, keep progress as a focus, and then we figure out the rest of it. Um, I think there's a lot more in common than there is um, different. And I think one of the things that I do well and, try to focus on is how can we work together to make sure that our goals are met um, and not focusing on the differences, dealing with them, but not making them the focus of the work.
0: Right. And I, I certainly, obviously, I know some of the players involved and I do know that everybody cares about kids probably first and foremost. So if you, if you start from that point, like you said, you can find some common ground and, and figure out the details <laughs> as you go along. Right. All right. Well, um, always good to to have some time with you. And uh, I guess I didn't ask. We're a couple of weeks in. Anything we need to know about this school year? Any surprises or is everything just kind of? After the last couple of years, you're probably hoping for a little smooth start.
1: But <laughs> well, one thing we start? don't want is we don't want a hurricane, but I'll right. tell you, if we have one, we're ready. Yeah. Um, I yeah, things have gone incredibly well. Mm-hmm. We've had, you know, our little hiccups like we always do with traffic and all those kinds of things. But this year things worked out especially well and fast. Um, We've had incredible support from our staff, incredible support from our families, and are just looking forward to a positive and joyful school year. Um, I appreciate everyone who has been patient with us all over this past two years. And we've learned some lessons that I think will take us uh, well into the future. We especially appreciate your support and the support of our media partners in getting our messages out. And recognizing that we don't do, we don't get every step right, but I think we do pretty well for serving a community of more than forty thousand. Uh, when I say forty thousand, I mean both our students and our staff. We are, we understand that we're a big part of the community, and we always want to be um, good community partners. And I, I can't end this call without saying a huge thank you to our community organizations, businesses, and others who have been supportive of the school district and supportive of me over this time period. It has been incredible to see the new partnerships that have that have emerged um, over my tenure and the new partnerships that are emerging now as we, you know, move into the school year. So just want to say a big shout out and thank you to everybody who's been there to support us.
0: You've jogged my memory and that's staffing. I mean, obviously I know that school bus drivers remain uh, difficult, But then again, if you're driving any kind of vehicle that involves a CDL right now, I think you're in demand, but uh, on the teaching side, I know we've got a teacher shortage at school. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you feel like you're, you're, you're using all 10 fingers to plug holes in the dams right now. Where, where are you? How are you feeling about staffing across the board right now?
1: Staffing across the board. I'm feeling good about it. I want to feel great about it. So right. we're continuing with our aggressive recruiting. Um We, we actually have fewer teacher vacancies than I thought we would have at this time of the year, given the maturity level of our staff. You know, our teachers are very mature and we have hired about the same number this year. But we are still recruiting and we are still waiting for some of our international teachers to come in. Um, our HR staff is recruiting. If you're watching uh all the ads, we are recruiting in every area that we have uh, vacancies. But I will tell you what, this is the first year that we have been fully staffed in nursing. And uh-huh. that is a huge um, achievement for us. We are probably the fourth, we have the fourth largest fourth largest number of nurses in the state. Many of the uh, districts in the state don't even have nurses. So we're very fortunate in that way. But that came based on improvements in pay but also improvements and increases in recruiting we've raised the pay for our employees this year things are much more attractive more um, applicants coming in now when it comes to bus drivers that's still a struggle because you know bus drivers are shorter like teachers across the nation but we will continue our efforts but i'm feeling good i want to be feeling great Right. Um And getting more of those uh, positions filled.
0: Right. Well, I go get my CDL and
1: and Yes. And
0: if I only have to work in the morning and somebody else can do the afternoon, you might get me.
1: But. No, I'm I'm serious. We have people <laughs> who work with us split day. So some drive only in the morning, some drive in the afternoon. Some of them are military folks and some of them are uh, working in other um, other career fields. Mm-hmm. But we have a little bit of that, too. So get your CDL and we will put you right to work.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that my phone will ring from Georgia ports before, if I get the the day that CDL comes through, I think the phone will be (laughs) ringing off the hook, which speaks to the challenges you all are facing. But thank you so much for for taking the time and uh, glad to have you back for at least two more years and we'll look forward to talking to you again.
1: All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you.
0: (laughs) That's all for this edition of the Commute Podcast. Thanks one last time to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. Before I sign off, remember that we publish new Commute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Whatever your interests, you will find interviews of interest in our archives. Last week, we discussed St. Joseph's Candler's latest expansion plans down in Bryan County with the healthcare system CEO, Paul hinchy To hear that interview and more, search The Commute with That Savannah Opinion on your favorite podcast app. We will talk to you then.